Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone. For drivers who want to get the most out of their cars, it's Bridgestone or nothing. Dow Automotive Systems. Improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. And by Hyundai. Experience the 2011 Hyundai Sonata today at HyundaiSonata.com. This is AutoLine Daily for July 25th, 2011, and now the news. And there's some interesting developments on the labor front. Turns out Volkswagen has a system where all of its workers are represented by works councils in all of its factories. It's a global obligation, something that VW negotiated with its supervisory board, half of whom are labor representatives as required by German law. But it turns out that in the United States, any kind of works councils by law have to have the recognition of an independent union. And the Wall Street Journal reports the UAW is keenly interested in being that union. And today is the day that the UAW begins its contract negotiations with the Detroit Three. UAW President Bob King tells Bloomberg that the amount of pay that Ford CEO Alan Mulally is earning is outrageous. He says it could be an impediment to getting a deal. But here's my Autoline insight. This is just part of the negotiating rhetoric. The union knows it is not going to force Malali to take a pay cut, but because Ford's hourly workers have shown they will reject concessions, Bob King can use Malali's pay and the threat of a strike to get a better contract for his members. Even though the Nissan NV200 was named the official taxi of New York City, that is just a recommendation. Taxi companies are free to buy any approved vehicle that they like, and New York just approved the Ford Transit Connect and Taurus as well. You know, here's an interesting fact. Do you know how much it costs to be a certified taxi driver in New York City? An individual must pay $673,000 for a medallion, and a company has to pay $975,000. Taxi drivers in the Big Apple can make about 50 grand a year, but they can also sell those medallions for a profit when they retire, and the price of those medallions only goes up. A few weeks back, we reported that Honda has eliminated sending waste to landfills at most of its plants in North America. Now, Ward's reports that waste plastic from Chrysler's Brampton plant in Canada is being converted to fuel, like heating oil or diesel. An Ontario-based company, JBI, came up with the process. They heat shredded plastic and collect gaseous hydrocarbons. The byproduct of this process is then condensed into liquid fuel. It takes about an hour to complete, and the company can generate 100 barrels of fuel for every 20 tons of plastic it uses. And according to the EPA, there's plenty of waste plastic in the United States. 30 million tons are dumped into landfills every year. Hey, you can't have it both ways. The Wall Street Journal reports Volvo is considering selling stripper models in India. By offering vehicles with fewer features and lower prices, it can better compete with other premium brands. You see, Volvo does not build any cars in the country, which puts it at a price disadvantage because of hefty import tariffs. But in China, Volvo's parent company, Geely, wants to move the brand up market to compete with Mercedes and BMW. 
So, they're moving up market in China and down market in India? Make up your mind, Geely. You're trying to do too much, too soon. Hey, turns out, bigger is better. Jalopnik reports the world's largest container ship called the Emma Maersk is also home to the world's biggest diesel engine, a double whammy of awesome. The ship itself tips the scales at an astonishing 171,000 tons. It's capable of carrying 11,000 20-foot long shipping containers. Moving all that mass takes a suitably large engine and your average mercury outboard just ain't gonna cut it. Weighing in at 2,300 tons, it's powered by a two-cycle, 14-cylinder diesel that's 90 feet long and 44 feet high. All told, it delivers 109,000 horsepower and it runs at only 102 RPM. Hey, coming up next, we'll take a look at the Mini Countryman. There's some pretty good things to say about it and some that are not. Dow Automotive Systems, driving solutions in automotive, commercial transportation, and aftermarket with innovative products like Betamate structural adhesives. Lighter, stronger, safer. DowBetamate.com. The Countryman is the newest model in Mini's lineup. There's some things I really liked about it, and there are some things that, well, take a look. Here's my thumbs up and my thumbs down about the Mini Countryman. If you've been interested in getting a Mini but thought the car was a little too small for you, well, then this might be the Mini for you. Why? Because this is the biggest Mini ever. It's the Countryman. It's a four-door. It's very tall. It's got all kinds of room to it, especially in the rear here. Look at this. can get into the back seat very easily. Plenty of room. Very comfortable. And there's a decent amount of luggage space behind the seat as well. This is the Cooper S version. You get a turbocharger and you get all-wheel drive. That's the thumbs up part of this car. Let's get to the thumbs down, but for that, I gotta take you for a drive. Because this is the S model of the Cooper, the sport model, it's sprung very stiffly, which is good from a handling standpoint. But the impact on this car, it's very noisy inside here. There's a resonance, which I don't like about it. Another thing, being the S model, very fast steering. You can really dart in and out from any kind of lane that you want. But that's good if you're an enthusiast. For non-enthusiasts, they're going to find this way too fast. They're not going to like the way that this drives. Oh, and another thing, for the thumbs down part of this car, I don't like the way that the mirrors have been positioned. I find it hard to really set the mirrors up to make sure that I don't have any blind spots. Kind of weird the way they did that. Few more things about this car. As it sits, $33,600, a little bit pricey. It's also getting a little over 27 miles per gallon. Not bad, but in the overall, do I give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down? I think I'm gonna have to go with a thumbs down. I think most people would prefer the base model of the Countryman over the Cooper S. And by the way, the Countryman now accounts for one out of every four minis that are sold in the U.S. market. 
And that's today's report on the top news in the global automotive industry. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.